we're going to do next is, uh, is I'm going to minister some things along the line of healing, meaning uh, if you're new and you don't understand what's going on here and don't know how we do things, I'm going to speak about the subject of, the, of healing because the scripture says this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear what God has to say on any subject, including healing, then you get faith for that very thing. When you have faith for something, it's not a struggle. It's not, well, I'm going to try it and see if this works. No, when you have faith for something, you just go work it. Everybody with me? Okay. And say, well, what if I don't have faith? Then you hear the word. And that's what we're going to help you with. So you don't even have to try with that. I mean, just pay attention. (laughs) Just listen, pay attention. As you hear and understand, faith will go in your heart and then healing will be accessible to you. You'll be able to grab onto it with your faith a spiritual hand, and it will manifest in your physical body. Praise God. Uh, if you would, if you have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone, and uh, you'd like to follow along and, and, and see these things for yourself, I want you to turn with me to the book of John chapter 14. You see, healing doesn't randomly fall on people who need it. Has anybody ever noticed that? <laughs> that, that just because you have a physical ailment, does not ensure that any healing is coming your way. I mean, in the, in the physical sense, you can see that God wants people well, or he wouldn't have created our bodies to naturally fight off sickness, right? I mean, if God wanted people to be sick, he certainly wouldn't have created this thing called an immune system, right? He wouldn't have created your body to go after sickness and disease. But we know at the same time, because of this fallen world, the way things are, sometimes your, your body's natural defenses are insufficient to fight off some of the more severe situations. And sometimes injuries, you know, cannot be repaired or cannot be repaired quickly uh, with that method. And we need a, 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 an infusion of God's help. Right? We need a divine spark of his healing power to help us get through some of these situations. But we can see that, that God is not moved by need alone. Have anybody ever noticed that? Someone said, well, God just meets everybody's needs. Well, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, he wants to. It's, it's, it's his desire. It's his plan. He has, he has the sufficiency. The, he has the provision to do that. But not everybody's need is met. Not everybody's physical need is met. Right? Sometimes people die too early. Sometimes people live a long time but suffer or live, live in a limited way for a long, long time. Some have, tonight, I would imagine, physical ailments in their body today. Now, obviously, God didn't, quote, meet that need in you, per se, in the sense of he didn't just step in and fix it. Now, he made provision for that fixing, for that healing, but he didn't just do it. He's not just moved by needs alone or every need would be instantly met. I mean, no, we should also take cue from that. Are we supposed to meet everybody's need that we see? I mean, on an individual basis. No, or even as a church. As a church, are we just supposed to meet the needs of every type of need of every person in, I don't know, in our state? Well, we're incapable of doing that. That's one, one thing. And we can see that God doesn't just work that way, even though he desires it. We desire it, too. I would desire that every single person in the Treasure Valley live in a big house, have a nice car, uh, amen, with a full tank of expensive gas, uh, and, and have plenty, of, plenty to eat and plenty to spread around. I, I would love that, wouldn't you? I mean, more people would move here. <laughs> that would be bad, but, 
you know, that would be great to live where everybody who needs your bed. That's heaven. Isn't it going to be that way? I don't know about the car, but, you know, heaven. Uh, and God wants it to be that way. There's no illness. There's no, no suffering of any kind. That's his will. It's his design. It's his divine plan. But that's not the way it is. And, uh, and we're incapable of making that happen as individuals, even meeting people's physical needs with food and shelter and those and clothing and those basic needs that people have. We can't do it all, even though our heart is to do it all. I mean, no, we have to be led by the Spirit. All right. If you're one that's, you know, really compassionate, we should all be compassionate. But some people, I think, probably are more compassionate than others and more naturally moved to meet the needs of other people. And, you know, when they show the dogs on the TV and stuff that are the homeless dogs, you know, and and uh, they're they look all bad. You're brightening your check. Right. You're calling up and just like, I'm going to give to this and I'm going to get. Well, how many know there's more needs out there than you can handle? <laughs> And, uh, and really, you should probably be more prayerful if you're moved that way. All of us should be prayerful. But if you're, every time you see a down and out, you're just handing out and giving out, you need to slow down and say, Lord, you, I need your help to guide me in who I should speak to, who I should give to. Everybody with me? Amen. I guarantee you, uh, I pastor a church and we have a growing ministry and we have plans and places to go and people to see and buildings to build. And, and, and I could use all of your money. I mean, all of everybody's money. If it all came in today, I'd find a place for it. Does that mean you're supposed to do that? No, it doesn't mean, I mean, you have to be led and I have to be led and we have to trust the Lord to guide us in all these matters. Amen. And, uh, and, and so if we learn, learn these things, then we, we, we can realize that, like I said, healing doesn't work just automatically. I got a disease and, and, you know, just automatically gets fixed. Most people realize that that's the case. Some interpret that in a wrong way. Uh, they'll say things like, you know, how can God let this happen to me? Some even go to the, fact, to the point where if God is real, then how could he let me suffer like I have suffered? And how can he let me go through these kind of things? So some people are asking questions like that, while others are asking different questions. They're saying things like, well, this can't be God's will. I know it's not. It's not of him. Therefore, I am going to ask him to help me to get what I'm supposed to get. You see, it's a different approach to the same problem. Two people suffering, one saying, why, why, why? The other person saying, no, I'm going to see this changed. I'm going to look to him for help. I'm going to look to him for healing. I, I trust you will be in the second category. And, uh, and if you're not, come on over. Stop blaming God and start looking to, to God. Stop saying, this is your fault. You should have done something and say, uh, I believe that you love me and that you are powerful and that you will do something. And I'm looking to you to find out how this works and how I can access your best. Did you find John chapter 14? Let me speak to you a little bit tonight about the works of Jesus. And this is the language we find from, from the Lord Jesus himself in John chapter 14 and verse 12. Uh, he says here, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Okay. The works of Jesus, he said we would do. All right. What, what are the works of Jesus? Uh, uh, maybe we could ask it on the, uh, the other way, the negative side. What aren't the works of Jesus? 
I mean, if I'm going to know what he what his works are, I might want to define what his works are are, are not. And uh, I think we could run down those pretty quick. He didn't condemn people. He didn't kill people. <laughs> he didn't hand out sickness and disease to people. Right? The, 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 those weren't a part of his ministry. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you won't find that he did. Uh, uh, any of those people, he didn't give injuries. He didn't just walk by people. Sometimes he just kind of knocked their knee. <laughs> Doing the works of my father. Bam! I mean, he didn't even do it to the bad people, right? He didn't even do it to the mean people. He didn't do it to the thieves and the crooks and the, and the, and the hypocrites. He didn't knock their joints out of socket and, and uh, you know, give them a little hearing, maybe a little ring in your ear. Boo! Try to sleep now. <laughs> no, those aren't the works of Jesus, right? And uh, you might remember John three seventeen: For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through, but that the world through Him might be saved. He wasn't coming to get on people, to punish them, to condemn them, but but that they would be saved. You know the word saved is the Greek word sozo, and it means to, to save, it means to heal, to deliver, and make whole. Amen. So Jesus didn't come into the world to say, you're a rascal, you're a bad person, you deserve what you've got. He came to fix it. He came to heal it. He came to make it whole, to bring restoration and recovery and deliverance from all kinds of bondage. Amen. That's what the Lord came to do. And so if God works through people, which he does, uh, like I said, healing doesn't randomly fall on, on, on us because there is a, there's a human element to this. We must be involved in the process. And if God works through people, um, where are the, the individuals who are called to make people sick? I mean, if that is one of the works of God, if, if, then there would certainly be those with that calling. Just like there are those who are gifted. You remember uh, one of the gifts of the Spirit is called, uh, well, it's really multiple in one, gifts of healings, right? And gifts of healings are for making sick people well, right? If that's a work of God, but if sickness is a work of God, then there would have to be a gift of sickness. What's your gift? Well, I prophesy. What's your gift? Well, I've got, you know, special faith. What's your gift? I'm pretty good with tumors. Uh, oh, you mean healing? No, 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 no. I give them. I lay hands on people and they get tumors. <laughs> well, if God were God's business, if that were part of his works and what he wanted to do, and he uses people, that would be logical. As ridiculous as it sounds, that would have to be the case if he's handing out tumors, that he gives certain people to give them to to, to others. What's my calling? Amen. <laughs> but sickness and disease are not the works of God. It's not the, it wasn't in the, in the scope of Jesus' ministry and what, what he did. In fact, in, in John chapter 9 and verse 4, he said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night comes when no one can work. I want you to notice the language. He said, I must work the works of him. The work of God must be worked. And what was the work of God? In that, chat, in that passage, it was making a blind guy to see 
someone who had been born blind, had blind his whole life, God gave him sight. That's what Jesus called the work of God. But yet that man was still not going to be given his sight until Jesus worked the work. God wanted him to see. God the Father wanted that blind man to see, but he wasn't going to see until Jesus came and worked the work. So we kind of get an idea of some of what the works of Jesus are, and we can also see that the works of Jesus are the works of the Father. They are really the one and the same thing. He said, I must work the works of him who sent me. In other words, I must work the works of my Father. So all that Jesus did was just doing what his Father did. His Father wanted it. It's the same as it is now, you guys. It, he, his Father wanted it, but someone had to work it. Everybody with me? What are some of Jesus' works? Well, let me do a quick rundown. His works consisted of healing all manner of sickness and disease, casting out demons, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, and doing innumerable uh, acts of deliverance from all the works of Satan. He controlled elements, multiplied food, walked on water, restored a severed ear, turned water into wine, and many other things. These are Jesus working, really, the works of his Father. But he worked them. The qualification for doing these works was that people believe in him. Again, John 14, 12, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Who shall do them? The believing one. He shall do. Don't you mean God shall do? Nope. I mean the believing one shall work the works. Work the works of who? Of God. Of Jesus. They're, uh, They're the same works now. Of the Father, of the Son. We must work the works. That's how the works get done. So who gets to do that? The believing ones. If that's you, if you believe in him, then you are capable. Then you are, you're called to it. You're able to work the works of God. I'd love to see God work more. Giddy up. See, we need to know how the kingdom of God works and how God thinks. I'm just waiting on God to work. No, he's waiting on you. He's waiting on me. Well, I'm praying. Good for you. I'm praying too. I don't discount that. But when you get up from praying, now go working. Now go work the works of him who sent you. That's how Jesus did it. And that's how he said we would do it. Sometimes I think we might get the notion that we read John 14, 12. We're going to, you know, do the works of Jesus and we're waiting for it to happen. And we'll quote the verse, <laughs> we work the works of Jesus, but we never get up and work. I, I, I know sometimes people even say, if this is new to them, they say, well, I, you guys talk about these things like they're just normal. And you, we have testimonies of healings and miracles. And they say, well, I've never seen a healing. I've never seen a miracle like firsthand. Well, let me ask you a question. How many people have you put your hands on? You know, that's, that's a biblical principle, laying on hands. And, and you ministered healing to them. You spoke to their condition. You invoked the name of Jesus over their body. How many people have you done that with? I would imagine, even if you didn't know what you were doing, 
That if you did that enough, you'd figure some things out and you'd see miracles firsthand. And then the more you learn and get skilled in, in yielding to the Lord and hearing his voice and following the, the, his leading, you'll see more and more and more and more and more people healed. But I can guarantee you this, you're not going to see them if you don't ever do that. If you don't ever work the works. You know, one of the, uh, one of the gifts of the Spirit, I mentioned earlier, gifts of healings and so forth. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. One of the gifts of the Spirit is called the working of miracles. You ever read that? You ever notice that word working? Say, well, the Lord is the miracle worker. Well, I don't have a problem saying God is a miracle worker, but are you a miracle worker? In other words, God grants the power. God grants the ability. God grants the miracle. That's dunamis in the Greek. He grants the power, the dunamis, the dynamite power. But who works it? Well, that would be us. He grants it to us and we work it. There's a working involved. There's involvement on our part. We must work the miracle. See that church over there, that crazy church over there on Eagle Road? They're full, it's a, their place is full of miracle workers. That's right. That's right. Yeah. House full of miracle workers. Amen. People ought to be busting down the door to get in here to get to, get to one of you. Why? Because we're miracle workers. Yeah. Let that dawn on you. Say, well, I'm not, it's not me. I'm not called to do that. If you are a believer, that's what we're talking about here today. Those who believe in him. Amen. Amen. You saying you can just work a miracle any old time you want. I'm saying that when there's a problem and God has given us a promise, that's when he needs us to step in and work his works. He wants to work, but is limited based on availability of people. And if too many of us think, well, I can't do that. Well, I'm not sufficient. My faith is not enough, or I'm not holy enough, or any other number of reasons. We disqualify ourselves. We are tying God's hands. You notice, ever notice that God works more in some places than he does others? Why is that? Because he loves some people more than other people? No, no, no. My Bible says that God so loved the world. <laughs> so I, he, he loves everybody. But there, not everybody believes that he wants to, that he can, and that he will work through them. And some say, well, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, an evangelist, a prophet. I'm not one of these gifts. And I get that most people aren't those gifts, but that's not what he said was the qualifier. He said, he who believes in me will, will, will do the works that I do. So I think we should all qualify ourselves today. I mean, he really already did it, but we should just agree with him and say, I'm qualified. Miracles are in my hands. God's power is in me. And he works through me to bring great signs and wonders to people around me, to help the sick, to help the lame. Amen. Amen. Say, well, how do we do this? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) It's the next verse. You still in John 14? Very next verse. Uh, Jesus went on to say here, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay, so again, works must be worked, and the works include healing, deliverance, but someone must work them, all right? 
And this shows some of our involvement in this. He didn't say you're going to work the works of him who said, uh, work the works, work the works that I do. I'm confusing it with John 9 and quoting that one in part. Uh, he didn't say you're going to work these things, so just sit back. He immediately gave instructions and said, and now whatever. What do you mean whatever? Whatever work. Whatever work of Jesus and greater that you need to perform, desire to, to be a part of, that is needed in the moments, this is how you, this is how you approach it. And he used this language, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Notice that I will do. Not I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do independent of whatever you do. He said, if you will do something, then I will do something. You with me? And he wasn't confused about this, and he didn't want us to wonder if he really meant it. Because uh, he said it again. <laughs> Lord, you're repeating yourself, and remember it. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That just shows me, it gives me a picture of Jesus standing on call. He's on standby. I wonder how many times he's in our services going, if they'd, if they'd start doing something, I'll get to work here. I want to help that one and that one and that one and that one. I want to help that one and that one. That person's bound. That person's sick. That person's in trouble. I need them to start doing something. I need them to start working because as soon as they do, bam, he goes into motion and does what we can't do. Amen. This is how, how this works. Now, if you would, I, I want to show you this. You may have heard me teach this before, but I'll teach it again. Uh, if you'll go over two chapters to John 16, and hold your place there so I can come back. In John 16, uh, in verse 23, 16, 23. So just two chapters later, it, it reads here, Jesus said, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Didn't the other verse just say to ask him something? Here he says, in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So this passage is obviously speaking to us about prayer. When we need something that we do not have, he said, you should ask the Father in my name. Don't ask me. Ask the Father in my name. In other words, that looks like this. Father, I ask you for, fill in the blank, in Jesus' name. That's what, what he said. He said, when, he, when you do that, the Father will give it to you. Okay? Now, uh, this is different than John 14. If you look back at John 14 again, and notice verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Who's I? Jesus. In, in, in 16, he said, the Father will do it. In 14, he said, I will do it. Is he repeating himself? Is he basically sharing the exact same principle twice? He's not. 
okay? Say, well, it sure looks like it. It almost looks like it contradicts. Am I to ask Jesus and then he'll do it? Or am I not to ask Jesus and I'm supposed to ask the Father in Jesus' name and the Father will do it? Which one? Well, some of this has to do with uh, the, the way the Greek word is translated. The Greek word ask here is Strong's number 154, in case you wanted to look that up. And uh, Strong's, Strong's, James Strong's, the Greek guy who put the dictionary together and assigned numbers to all the words in Hebrew and in Greek. He said that this word is a demand for something due. Okay? It could be translated demand or require. In John 16, Jesus is most certainly saying, if you need something from the Father, ask him, ask him in my name and he'll do it for you. But in John 14, he said, you're going to do the works of Jesus and greater works than these because I go to my Father. And whatever you, Strong's 154 me, that I will do. And the word, as used in this context, does not mean to make request, but it means to make demand. It means to require. And you can see, this is how Jesus worked. So when he's talking about people working the works of God like he worked the works of God, you can understand now why he would say this as opposed to make request. Everybody with me now? Now, so, so this word again, it, 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 it is that way. Let me give you one example how that word was translated differently in the same New Testament. When, when Jesus was on trial and he had the crowds against him, wanting him to be crucified, Luke 23, 23 reads, but they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. That word demanding there, you know what it is? You know what number it is? 154, 154, 154. It's the same word. So you can see that word can be used and they weren't saying, please crucify him. Making a humble request. No, they were demanding that he be crucified. Now, if this troubles anyone and you're thinking, I don't know if I can talk to God that way. We're not speaking about talking to God. When we're talking to the Father, that's John 16. That's our making our, us making a humble request for something that he has promised us, right? But when we're in John 14, we're not saying, God, you have to do this. No, we're standing in the place of God, representing him with the name of Jesus. We're doing his work. We're doing his bidding. We stand as his amb- ambassadors. We stand as his officials. We're carrying out his will. His will is that people be made well, that the blind see and the deaf ear. Come on, deaf hear. It is his will that the storms be calmed. But he needs a representative on planet Earth who will carry out his will. 
He needs someone to step in the gap and speak up. In other words, to work the works of him who sent us. To do the works of Jesus. Jesus was doing the works. He calmed the storm when they were in trouble, right? He's the one who cast the demons out of people. He's the one who did, but he's leaving. And that's what he said. I'm about to go to my father. I'm out of here. So you guys are going to have to take over. Because if I'm gone, who's going to set everybody free? We got a big, fat, wide world of people who are bound up in struggle and pain and trial and test and disease and issues. And I'm out of here. So you guys are going to have to do this. And you know what? You believe in me, you're going to. You're going to do this and you're going to do greater works than I did. (gasps) Really? And that's what he said. Hallelujah. Anybody excited yet? <laughs> I tell you, this is, this is just simple, simple, basic Bible truth right here. But it's, uh, I understand why it's a little bit confusing when you see the word ask, but you put it in context and you compare it to the works of Jesus. And you see, we're not demanding something of God. We're demanding something of the devil. Yeah. We're demanding something of circumstance. Yeah. We're demanding that, that things that are not in alignment with God's word be changed. Yeah. And so we are to demand what belongs to us. Amen. And so, and, and the Lord said here, we can see here that Jesus wants us to do this because he said, when, when you do this, uh, he said uh, that the father would be glorified in the son. Wasn't that always his, his, his thing while, on, on, while walking the planet? Bringing glory to the father. Shouldn't that be our thing too? We want to bring glory to the father. And how he, he said, he said, the father is glorified in the son. Well, he's glorified in Jesus. He's glorified in Jesus when what? When we do this in his name. So when we heal the sick and cast out demons and, 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 and we take charge and make demands that things change and align with God's word, the father is saying, my son's work right there. Look at his name go. Look at his, his finished work of redemption. Now it's working through many, many people. Amen. And he gets glory. See, we can give him glory by saying, I give you glory. And that's good. You know how, how else he can get glory? He can get glory when you and I work the works of Jesus. Amen. I tell you, when you get bold, when you get fire in your belly, when you get stirred up and say, we are not going to allow this to remain any longer in my, I'm not going to permit this in my body. I'm not going to allow this to ruin your life and take you out early. I am going to stand in the way. I am going to make up a hedge and make up the difference and let God be true and every man a liar. But I say this is not going to remain in Jesus' name. And the Father is glorified. And the Father is exalted. And then we hadn't even struck up a tune. No song played. And the Father is being exalted. Amen. And the angels are shouting, yeah, yeah. And probably right at, here at work with us. Amen. Woo. And so Jesus wants to do this for you now. Because it brings the Father glory. And the Father is not glorified in sickness. He's glorified in healing. If we don't demand anything in Jesus' name, then, well, then the Father has nothing to do, or Jesus has nothing to do. He said, I will do it. Jesus has nothing to do, and the Father doesn't get glorified. 
Listen to these three verses in closing, and then we'll minister. Luke 4, 39. So he stood over her. This is Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus, he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. Just notice the, the attitude. Notice the, the language. Notice Jesus' approach. Because if we're doing his works, you probably ought to do it his way. Let's not do Jesus' works, but come up with our own, you know, 21st century method. Jesus stood over her. said, fever, I rebuke you. Or something of that name, but it was defined as a rebuke. Straight to the fever. Do you notice he didn't ask the Father? He wasn't doing John 16. He was doing John 14. And he said, we're to do the works of him. So a lot of situations don't need a, they don't need a prayer. There's a time to pray and there's a time to say. There's a time to make requests and there's a time to cast the stinking mountain into the sea. Luke 8, 24, and they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. They're on the water. And he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. What did he do? Father, help. Calm the storm. No, that's not how you work the works of, that's not how Jesus worked the works of, of God. That's not how we work the works of God. Not Father. No, you see what the problem is. Make it stop. How? Rebu- rebuke it. In other words, that's that word. Remember 154? A demand for something due. You require, you require, not in your own name, in Jesus' name, you require that it stop. You demand that it cease. Hallelujah. And then Mark chapter 9, verse 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. He rebuked and commanded. If Jesus rebuked and commanded and told us to, that if we believe in him, we would work his works, we would do the works of Jesus, then there's times when we need to rebuke and command. Come on, everybody know how to rebuke and demand? I don't know if I know how. Those, that's how right there. You look at the problem, you speak directly to the problem, and you don't have to see it to, to, to speak to it. You know, what if it's a, there's a tumor inside someone's body and you can't see it? You say, tumor, can you hear me? <laughs> it can. I rebuke you. You leave this body now. Get from this body. Do it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So what do I do after that? You did your part. Jesus said, I will do it. You don't have to add anything to it. You don't have to try to coax them into cooperating. This is his idea. Amen. 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 This is God's plan. We're not trying to, we're not having to twist his arm. Lord, now you better do it or I'm going to look dumb here. No, he's either going to do it or he's going to look dumb. So how can you say that? I'm just saying that the pressure's not on us. 
we're going to work his works by doing what he said. He said, I will do it. What do I need to do? I need to believe that when I speak, that he goes into motion and the Father is glorified. I don't take the credit for it, right? I'm not seeking the glory for it, but he needs someone like me and you to stand up and say, this is what's going to be allowed. This is what's not going to be allowed. Amen, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Thank you, Lord.